What's going on, everybody? This is the Hockey Dudes Podcast. The music is not working right now and the stew, but that's okay. I mean, do I really need it? Haven't been doing an episode lately, so I'm just going to drop back in. Just do it raw, you know? That's just how we do it. Blue Jackets just came off a huge dub last night. It was a huge dub. I Just because the, the Wings were the team that handed the Jackets their first kind of sobering loss in the third game of the season. But Jackets had looked very good in the first two games. They went on the road to Detroit and got absolutely butt whooped by a Detroit team that kind of didn't really have a lot of expectations for. Nobody really had a lot of expectations for. Well, they came out and smacked you. And you get a chance to kind of avenge that loss last night. Red Wings coming to Columbus. Red Wings played a lot more games, by the way. They, they had, I think, going into last night, had uh, 16 games under the belt. The Jackets only had 12. So there was kind of like maybe the Jackets were a little bit more healthy. The Jackets have already had their bye week, by the way. But the Jackets did just come off two straight losses. So... I don't know. It was kind of one of those things where the Jackets lost this one, then it is kind of, it's here. It's the time where you can start fully believing that this is going to be a rebuild. This, this is it. This is the rebuilding part of the rebuild. Like it's, it's starting. The team is going to be garbage. The team is going to be cellar dwellers. The team is not going to be competitive anymore. Playoff hopes can go out the window. Three straight losses at home against Eastern Conference teams. That'll do it for you. That'll secure your hopes just being thrown to the window. And the game didn't start off good. <laughs> the game really didn't start off good because the Red Wings went up one nothing at the end of the first period. Just kind of a broken play. Defenseman couldn't really get it out. Uh, they quickly turned around, got a shot, and... Elvis made the initial save, but a bad rebound off those shiny, those neon blue pads. That's I'm going to call that neon blue. His neon blue pads kicks it left to Dylan Larkin, wide open net. Dylan Larkin smashes it home. And all right. Yeah. Red Wings are buzzing. A lot of Red Wings fans in the building. Um, of course, you know, Red Wings fans, they few and far between as far as, you know, when they were down bad, when the red, when the Red Wings were bad, there certainly were some in the building, but now that the Red Wings are good, people have kind of came out of their, you know, bunker, their shelter, and, you know, they've shown up in droves to the Nationwide Arena. Who knows how many of them also have Blue Jackets jerseys, but, you know, tonight they were pulling for the Red Wings, and the Red Wings got that first goal. The arena erupted because, you know, of course, a lot of Red Wings fans, of course, you know, that's how it was. Back in the 2000s, with with the Rick with Rick Nash as our captain, it was the, the Red Wings were our poppy. They were our, they were our absolute poppy, and now, you know, they're trying to be our poppy again. They're trying again to be our poppy. And what better way to get buzzing than to score that first goal for him? And then we got out of the first period, and quickly in the second period, they come down on the attack and they get a goal that. Should never have gone in. Uh, uh, Michael Rasmussen just just kind of just shot it uh, along the far boards, and 
it should have been a, a slam dunk save, easy save for Elvis, but no, it gets by him, and it's 2 nothing. And, you know, in the past, that would have killed the Jackets. A goal given up by Elvis like that would have killed the Jackets. He would have been down 2 nothing in a game to a team that's playing fast, a team that is hungry for a win, and that's the way I described this game. I described it as the Blue Jackets were playing the Red Wings, two teams who have playoff aspirations and two teams that are looking for respect in this league. They want to be talked. They want to be in the mix. They want to be in the conversation to competing for a wild card spot. But in order to do that, you have to beat the other teams that are competing for a wild card spot, right? Like you have to, you have to take advantage to win these games and be better than the opponents that you are kind of peers with. And the Jackets and the Red Wings right now, in the state of their franchises, they're peers. And and the fact that the Blue Jackets are kind of coming down from a high and, you know, trying to maintain the watermark. They're, they don't want to go too far below being competitive for the playoffs. You don't want to go below that line. The Red Wings went from the high of the high of having the dynasty to dropping all the way to the floor. And now Stevie Y has came in as general manager, made some good draft picks. He's, you know, maintained some good young talent in Dylan Larkin. He's brought in uh, Lucas Raymond and Marie Sider, and he's done a ton of stuff in the offseason, bringing in goalies like Thomas Grice, Alex Delkovich, defenseman Nick Letty. And they, they've kind of gotten back to that watermark of be competitive for the playoffs. And so both these teams, despite how they got there, are right at that line where they are expecting to both have a realistic shot at making the playoffs this year. And I think a lot of people, you know, probably were scared when the when the Jackets went down to nothing. But I personally wasn't. I personally wasn't. I knew that there was still a lot of time left in the game. If there's one thing that this Jackets team has proven to me it's that they aren't the same old Jackets team where if you get down 2 nothing in a game, you're down and out and you're never going to recover. They've proven that they can respond and they can score two goals just like in the snap of a finger. Like they, they can do that. This team is completely flipped around from that team last year where most more than 50% of your games, you didn't even have... There weren't even really a lot of games where you had scored two goals. There were a lot of one goal games where the Jackets offense was just depleted and it just was awful, boring, crappy hockey to watch. So normally two nothing at the beginning of the second period would kill you. It it did not kill this Jackets team. They, you know, they got a penalty kill and then they went on the power play themselves and that's all they needed. That's all this Jackets team needs. Like they just go on the power play, possess the puck in the offensive zone a little bit. They put the heat on the Detroit. They put the heat on Thomas Grice, who made some incredible saves throughout the night. I think I tweeted that Thomas Grice outplayed Elvis. At that point that I had tweeted that, it was true. Thomas Grice had played his balls off. He had made a lot of saves on the doorstep, and Cole Sillinger had a really good look in that second period on the power play. That should have been a home, that should have been a slam dunk goal, but. He didn't get it because Thomas Christ was playing his nuts off and the Jackets just had a lot of really good chances. Go back and watch that game. Go back and watch the game recap and, and you'll realize 
The Jackets were on the doorstep a lot and could have probably broken that thing open a lot sooner. But Thomas Grice just plays nuts off, and it was just it was just really important that the the Jackets needed to get that first goal, and finally they got it. They got it. They were they weren't in the power play anymore, but they had established momentum offensively from the power play. And then Boone Jenner finally tucks a puck that was loose in the crease. He just jams it at home, and he was there at the right place, right time. Boo Jenner, seven goals on the year, leads the team. And, yeah, that, that got everything going. And it was like a minute, 30 seconds after that where Adam Boquist got his first goal of the year. Just a sharp angled shot that he had walked down low. And I kind of felt like that. I kind of felt like if the Jackets were able to get their first goal on Thomas Grice, they'd kind of break the seal enough to get that second and get that third goal. But I, I won't I won't speak on it anymore. I'll I'll actually let Brad Larson speak on it. There was, was some sound, some post game from him, just talking about that the Jackets didn't fold when they were down two nothing. Well, we just stuck with it, really the whole game. I thought we you know maybe a little dip at the end of the first, but I mean the second period there we were we were coming and the power plays, man we. It was like we did everything but get it over the goal line, you know, and and you know we're talking on the bench just. No point getting frustrated. Just, you know, we've got a lot of game here. And, um, you know, sometimes it feels like you're going to have to do something different. Or, but, you know, you, we threw a lot of pucks there and we had a lot of real good looks and then got it tied. So that, uh, to get the first one was big just to kind of go, okay, it's working. And um, we had to come from behind there a few times. And, you know, the guys, they stuck with the game plan and just they, they played a heck of a game. And that was the nice thing about that comment from Brad Larson is, he just said a lot of times you feel like you have to do something different, but no, we just stuck to ourselves and just kept playing our game because that is the Jackets game. The Jackets game is a game that is offensive-minded and can can score goals. And, you know, that was the, the comparison to the Torts team is the Torts offense, the Torts mindset in a game isn't really set up for making these drastic two-goal comebacks. Look at a similar coach in Barry Trotz. Tonight, they are down to the Florida Panthers 4 nothing. No chance the Islanders would ever come back in that game. Just because they have to go from prioritizing forechecking and prioritizing defense to all of a sudden there's no room on the ice for them to make offensive plays because that's just the game that they're used to playing. And then when they have to step outside of that frame to go get goals and go get a lot of offense, they're just not used to it. So it's just difficult and it's hard and... I just you know credit credit the Blue Jackets credit Brad Larson I he coached he coached his team to a victory last night I believe that and I believe Elvis played good enough to keep us in the game he's had that big big save on the fake Bertuzzi goal that was scored in the third period that would have given them the lead that of course it, w- it was a shot it was an initial save that that Elvis had where he had stretched all the way across the crease the puck flew in the air, and Bertuzzi at some point must have hit it off his stick when his stick was above his shoulders. Got called for a high sticking. It was a no goal after they had put in the net. That took that took some momentum out of the Red Wings. I know it did. But then they get a, a, a late goal out of, who was it? Oh, Lucas Raymond scored a goal with six minutes and 30 seconds left. And that could have crippled you. That could have really killed you. But then you had this happen late in the game 
Now Sillinger to Voracek, didn't catch it cleanly, gives it to Chinikov, in on a breakaway, he shoots, and he scores! Bartender, give me a Yeagerbomb! Igor Chinikov, it finally gets in for him, his first NHL goal, and it ties the game at three. How about that play from Jakob Voracek, keeping that puck alive? In the middle of the ice, he had two. He had drawn both defenders on him. All the attention was on him, and he just pushes that puck to Igor, who is in full stride, takes it around the defenseman, and just finally gets his first goal in the NHL. Just rips it between the legs of Thomas Grice, just snaps it by him, and just a huge goal. And you knew the Jackets would win. I feel like at that point, I feel like you just the momentum was there. The crowd was back into it. You had survived two. Big Detroit leads, big in the sense that it was a back and forth game. And like I said, these teams are kind of in, in a way because of their positional status in the NHL and just the youth of their team, their rivals in that sense. And for for the Jackets to get that goal, it was just this is our building. This is our place. We're an offensive team. We're going to we've done the comeback before. We've lost two in a row at home. We're not going to win this. We're not going to lose this one. This game's right in front of us and we feel like we can get a goal. And then later in the game, uh, Zach Wierenski, he he did this. Now it's Nyquist to Wierenski. Takes a shot, and he scores! The Zach attack is on with a minute 19 to go in the third period, and the Blue Jackets lead 4-3. to three. I grabbed my wife, who was sitting next to me because it was hockey for her night. They got the dub for her, by the way. I grabbed her and I just shook her and I just yelled in her face. I just yelled, yeah! <laughs> I probably scared her. I don't think she liked it very much, but it was that intense. And I was sitting next to my cousins who are Red Wings fans. And, you know, they, they, they weren't, they were cheering pretty loud for all the Red Wings goals. You know, they were, they were up, they were screaming, yeah! like when the Red Wings would score and you know I I didn't I didn't want to quite stoop to their level of of really letting them know that we got the goals so I just took all that energy and I just yelled it straight into my wife's face who was sitting to my right as my cousins were sitting to my left but I think my calmness throughout the game as a fan I think they paid note to that where I just I just believed the entire game that the Jackets were in this thing and, you know, it was a fast-paced game. It was a great hockey game. It was highly skilled and highly offensive and just a lot of players that are playing with a lot of confidence on both teams, and it was just an incredible game. It was a great game. Again, two teams vying for respect in this league. It was phenomenal, phenomenal game for the Jackets to come out on top. And, again, I don't want to think what would have happened if you weren't able to get those, those last-minute goals I don't even want to begin to think about that because losing three at home would have been very bad for this team's uh, uh, mojo. You know, it would have been bad vibes. Uh, and and now they're going into Phoenix or Glendale, rather, a team that's won 13 and one, the Arizona Coyotes. They're bad. They are bad. They have one win on the year. And funny enough, it was against the Seattle Kraken. That is, I love that. I love that for the Yotes. I love that their one dub was against the Seattle Kraken. That's just, that's so picture perfect. Cause I, 
gotta tell you, I really, really hate the Seattle Kraken. <laughs> like, I like their team. I like their the guys on their team. They're fun to root for. Their jerseys are cool. Their arena is beautiful. But the upper management and the people that are running the team and controlling the branding of the team are just so frustrating. Their Twitter account is so lame. They're always just trying to be that edgy, like, I don't know. I can't even really describe it. It just makes me mad. They hung a banner up for the number 32. They retired a number already for beat 32nd NHL franchise. That's so lame. That's so lame. The Jackets, by the way, retiring number 61, Rick Nash. That's freaking... That's incredible. That's incredible. Now listen. Yes, he requested a trade to the New York Rangers. Have we forgiven that? No. Hell, hell no. I'll, I'll, ne- I'll never forgive that. Honestly, I won't. I don't care what he says about how, you know, he wanted to go play for a competitor, all this or that. It's not nice to me. I was personally offended. I was like 12. I took it straight to the nuts, man. That was my That was my first real nut punch in small market insecurities shout out the pod by phil razor my guy that was my first introduction to hey you root for a small market team that is really hard to get people to want to play for and star talent leaves all the time because there's always greener grass the grass is always greener in places other than columbus and that was rick nash he left us he punched me in my balls rick nash punched me in my 12-year-old balls when he left us for the New York Rangers, and you just don't forgive nut punches, okay? But he came back. He came back. He is from here. He married Columbus blood. He lives in Columbus now. He's around this team. He claims us still as his team. He just hangs around. Pretty much, if you just, as a former Blue Jacket, if you just hang around Nationwide Arena long enough. I don't care what you did in the career in your career. I will love you. I'll be like, okay, that guy's cool. He's chill. Jared bowl, just roam in the hallways of nationwide arena all the time. Love Jared bowl. Retire his number with, with Rick Nash. Honestly, put, put four zero and 20 and 61 up in the rafters at the same time. That would be nice, but no, you just, you love to see that. And anyway, all this is going back to saying the Yotes suck. That was the team that Rick Nash completely undressed, made them change their name for from Phoenix to Arizona. They they needed a name change after that happened. He completely undressed them back in what was that? Was that 2006, I think, 2005 or something? So big time throwback. They're playing in Arizona. This was the last. This was the one arena I think that the Jackets can actually fill up more than the home team. You know, I was just talking about earlier. The Red Wings, they show up to Nationwide Arena. The Blackhawks fans, they show up to Na- Penguins. They show up to Nationwide Arena. It's, it's annoying. It's just like 50-50 crowd. It sucks. And that happens all over the country. Those, you know, major teams, they fill up any road arenas as long as they're not playing another major team. The Blue Jackets actually can do that to the Oats. It's actually quite great. You know, <laughs> I don't know how they do it, but they do it. So that'll be awesome. Jackets will be scoring goals on Thursday night. Arms will be flying up. They'll be they'll be Blue Jackets fans. It'll be great. Get that thing turned around, and then you go play Vegas. I think, what is that? On Saturday night, Jackets play in Vegas. That's always a good one. Uh, I think the last time the Jackets played up there, 
Cam Atkinson rallied back, scored two big goals. So, hey, let's go. This is this will be nice to get just just get three out of four points here. Just get two points in the Yotes. Get two points against the Yotes. I don't even care if you have to take it to OT. It's a Western Conference team that won't matter down the road. That was another big thing about the Jackets scoring those goals late in the game is they took a point away from the Detroit Red Wings in a wild card race that is just highly is just a really tight race right now. I mean, shit, guys, the Blue Jackets play in a division where there's not a single team with a losing record. All eight teams in the Metropolitan Division have a winning record right now. That that's insane. And it showed the Jackets played two Metropolitan teams in the Capitals and the Rangers and got spanked by both of them. I know they were in that Capitals game a little bit more than the Rangers game, but I still felt like the Capitals were in control most of the game. And I think that rings true. And Eastern Conference, you're gonna be you you gotta be looking at a wild card spot. And they actually are two points out from the wild card, the first wild card spot, which is being held by the Red Wings. But like I said, the Red Wings have played 17 games. The Jackets have only played 13. Hey, we're, we're officially on standings watch, by the way. <laughs> standings watch has started right now. Standings watch, I'm declaring we can you can look at the standings now and start the long war of positioning. We're 13 games into the season, but it's just the way it goes. Long season ahead. Jackets have done great in the first um, month of hockey. Been really impressive. They've been a really exciting team, and they have a lot of fans bought in to this year, and rightfully so. They've played good enough here in the first month for fans to start believing. Now, I think a lot of fans still are like, this team at one point is going to suck. They will. At one point, they will suck. And when you get into playing those Metropolitan games, those Metropolitan teams on the road, the even the Penguins, the Flyers, you know, Carolina, just playing other Metropolitan teams, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. Now, I think one thing is nice. The Islanders look like they suck. That's good. That's good. You, you need the Islanders to suck. The Jackets really need the Islanders to be cheeks, and the Islanders are cheeks. They, they got one goal tonight against the Panthers, losing that game 5-1, but... Um, yeah, and also the Jackets haven't played really any of those Atlantic powers. They haven't played the Leafs or the Bruins or the the Lightning or the Panthers. So still a lot of tough Eastern Conference games ahead of you. But, again, just take it game by game. Let's crap on the Yotes. Yotes, are, Yotes up one nothing over the Blues. Yotes up one nothing over the Blues. Wow. Wow, that just got me buzzing. Um, speaking of buzzing, I went out to our bar before the game. Best best pregame vibes for a Jackets hockey game, in my personal opinion. Our bar, nothing quite like it. Um, I didn't really see anybody I knew. I thought if I just go in by myself. That was kind of the first time I'd been at a game at like 5.30 that I was downtown with by myself because my wife had a meeting from 6 to 7, and my cousins were doing like a stadium tour. They got in for free. Because they were one of the people randomly selected to do those, uh, like those season ticket walkthroughs where they walk you around the arena, try to sell you season tickets. It's like a 15 minute tour. They just take you to the different sections and they were wearing Red Wings jerseys. (laughs) So, 
imagine trying to sell season tickets at the Blue Jackets game to Red Wings fans. But that was the they got free tickets, so they had to go on the tour. So they did that before the game, and I couldn't get any of my friends who were going to the game beforehand to go to our bar. So I was just kind of walking around, just buying some brews by myself, playing some Keno, talked to a couple guys about Keno. Keno is always a solid way to connect with people. There, If you just play a little Keno, grab your ticket, go stand in the corner, look at it, and then, you know, walk back and forth between the bar and your little spot, you know, because it's... It was butt to butt. It was butt to butt at our bar before the game. So real estate was on a shortage, but I was, you know, hobbling around trying to find my own little space, looking up at the Kino board, going back and forth between the bar and my little, you know, real estate. And people were like, are you winning? Are you winning? How are your numbers looking? There were a couple people, not a lot of people, but there were a couple guys that were really concerned with how I was doing. And I appreciate that. I had 28 and 59. Oliver Bjorkstrand and Igor Chinikov. Let's just say I really wanted Chinikov to get his first goal. And he did. And unfortunately, I did not bet on him to score. I put all my chips in on Bjorkstrand getting a goal last night. Bjorkstrand did not get a goal last night. I lost a lot of money. Didn't didn't make any of it back up in Kino either. So that was great. But I saw Bucket Hat Kyle on the way out of the bar. He was, he was, I had bought one too many Bud Lights. So I had an extra Bud Light in my hand that was unopened. And I was walking out and I was like, here, take this brew. So I gave him a beer. I don't know if he ever drank it or not. I assume he did. I assume he drank the beer that I gave him because the Blue Jackets won. If he wouldn't have drank that beer, I think the vibes would have been off. Now, I didn't know what the vibes were when I left. Kyle was buzzing at the time. I think he appreciated the beer. He was said he was buying Miller Lite. So I was handing him a Bud Light. You know, you don't want to cross sauces like that. But when I, once I got in the arena, I crossed sauces. I went from the Bud Light to the PBR, and I was buzzing off that. And then I went from the PBR to the course. And then I flexed my media pass, and I was like, hey, Mackenzie, you want some snacks? And then I went up to the press box, slapped a few butts to some of my media teammates up there. Probably shouldn't have done that. Did it. Uh, they knew I was buzzing. For sure. But I got some popcorn and got some pretzels and I went I went back down. And I provided the the woman with some snacks. And it was hockey for her night, so she was buzzing. We were buzzing. The whole crowd was buzzing. <laughs> hey, also, can we talk about this? Stinger needs to take his mask off. He needs to take his mask off. That's just it's low-key kind of soft. Listen. I will wear my mask all around that damn marina. If if you tell me I have to wear a mask, I will wear a mask. I will obey your rules. I will respect you, Schweido. I will respect Mayor Ginther. I, I will respect everybody with what they say. Got to wear a mask. Okay, mask on. Stinger's a bug. He doesn't need a mask. You, the bees can't get COVID. I need I need Stinger to be a, to have a little more grit and a little more edge to him. I mean, Dave Metzold's not wearing masks sometimes when he's interviewing players. I respect that. Just mask off. They these people at Bally Sports need to see my beautiful face. Mask off. Love it, Stinger. We need to see your beautiful face. And listen, I know Stinger has a big schnoz like me. As a big schnoz guy, if Stinger was like, "Hey, I just want to cover up the schnoz," I respect that. I also like to cover up the schnoz. 
So I, that's why I wear the mask and I, and I obey. Stanger doesn't need to wear a mask. Boomer wouldn't wear a mask. Boomer wouldn't wear a mask. Just let that, just let yourself think about that. All right. Well, I can't play any music to get you guys out of here. Um, so I guess I'm just going to cold get out of here and just say goodbye. I love you guys. It was a great game. I'll talk to you guys probably after the Oats game on Thursday night, maybe before the Oats game. I don't know, but keep refreshing the page and uh, keep telling me I suck in the iTunes podcast reviews. I love that. I love that. But give me five stars. Tell me I suck, but give me five stars. Got to keep it perfect. I don't know what to say. I got. I have to keep it perfect. All right. Uh, tell your dog. <laughs>